Hey, y'all. What's up? Hello. You can't tell me what's up. I always forget that. Um, <laughs> so this episode is about being present. And I'm not talking about, like, gifts under Christmas tree. I'm talking about <laughs> well, we'll get into what exactly that looks like later. But we kind of wanted to start out with why we're doing this episode and as usual we're trying to keep things relevant to our lives and I don't know about you Lauren but for me this is really hitting home really recently because I have not been doing this and I've just been somewhere else other than the present in my head and it's led to me not feeling very great the last couple weeks what about you Lauren I feel like I have been so present recently that I've had to reel myself in and actually think about the future, which is insane. Because if you know me, you know that I have struggled basically my whole life with feeling like I am not in the present and I'm either in the past or in the future constantly. Mm -hmm. So it's been a nice change. So you're having the opposite problem as me. So you're really, you've really honed in on this skill then. So that's good. Yeah. I think I have. I would say, go ahead. No, I just think I have the skill. I could do a good job of it when I do it. But um, sometimes I just don't do it. Like I, it takes a lot to really focus on that. I feel like the summer has been so crazy busy that it's been hard to just go into the past and the future because I'm so in tune with what's going on in the present moment and I've had to be very present because I have to like get things done and it's just more of physically caused me to be present more so than like I've actually mentally have been working on it. Yeah, we were just talking about that the other day, how the summer feels like you just try and cram everything you possibly can into three months, and I see how that could totally make you feel very present because you're just, like, on to the next thing, um, but for me, it's made me feel very not present because I'm doing the same thing. I'm just, like, packed thing after thing after thing, um, right. but it's making me feel very not present because I'm just, like stressed because there's so much going on and I'm not having enough Mm. downtime and so I'm like okay the next thing I have to do what is it I got to prepare myself okay the next thing I have to do what is it I have to prepare myself and so I'm living in like okay what do I have to do next and how am I going to be able to survive it because I'm just packing way too many things right so so I guess like we should dive into what does being present mean for us individually Mm-hmm. like what does it look like so for me being present it's like this sense of peace my therapist had me do this thing where I would work out and then describe how I was feeling before my workout and after my workout and I noticed that after my workout, I was using emotions like peace and content and calm. And she was like, I was using the word relaxed. And she was like, 
that's not necessarily an emotion. That's like a physical state of being. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's fair. And so we realized that when I was saying relaxed, what I really meant was an absence of anxiety. Mm. (laughs) And I was really meaning peace. And so for me, being present means just feeling calm and peace. Like I'm not worried about anything. I don't have racing thoughts going in my mind. Um, Just very, very, it's like I'm sitting, I'm like floating on water or something, and there's just nothing going on around me besides the water just like floating up and down. Kind of imagine that. That's a great analogy. I like it a lot. (laughs) I can relate to that in a sense. I think that when I'm present, I'm definitely not worrying about the future. I'm not, you know, delving into the past or, you know, rethinking about different things that have happened because I do that too. But I think mine is more so I am so present and caught up present. (laughs) I am so caught up in what is currently happening and I'm just kind of with my senses taking in everything and I kind of just lose track of time I guess that would be like the best way to describe it yeah I think that's a really good way that I now that you say that I definitely agree with that where you're just like time just goes by and you're not looking at the time waiting for the next thing to happen you're not like (laughs) Yeah, just time flies. I agree. And, I mean, I don't know if anybody else has experienced those moments where you're just doing something and you look down and you're like, holy crap, it's been two or three hours. And I it didn't even feel like that. Like, it felt like five minutes. So I would say those moments for me are the moments where I am most present. Yeah, I also feel really present, too when I'm actively trying to feel present and it's kind of like you can close your eyes and have an imprint of the situation and the feelings that you're feeling in that situation and the the smells and like things like that and then think back to that and feel that moment again later like days later years later like if you can like close your eyes right now and think of a moment where you can just feel everything around you in that memory that in that moment you were present <laughs> because I'm your brain of, was able to process everything in that moment right I hear what you're saying I'm kind of thinking of that saying stop and smell the roses when mm-hmm. you s- explained that and it's just you know s- stop and just really take in the different senses and your surroundings um and you, you know like you can hear things you can smell things you can sense things and I'm just, like, feeling that vibe. (laughs) Yeah. And then I also, as we're kind of talking about it and thinking, too, when I'm feeling present, I notice that I don't have any super strong emotions going on. Whether, like, positive or negative, they're not, not, like, anything super intense going on. It's usually just, like, like, a peaceful... Like, nothing overwhelming. No overwhelming emotions. They're just Mm -hmm. emotions that are kind of flowing through you. Right. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that for myself. I think that 
I've definitely had very present moments where I have felt strong emotion during them. Like, let's say I'm, you know, watching a movie and I'm like super present during that period of time. I could be going through a range of emotions, but at the same time, time (laughs) does not feel like an object. And I just feel very in the moment. So, I, I, I don't know. I guess it, it's situational, maybe? Yeah, I guess I would describe it as, as the absence of anxiety or the absence of worry. Yeah. I think I would just... I think my, honestly, if I could summarize mine, it'd be, like, the loss of time. Like, I think that's honestly the best way for me to describe it um, with physical words. Yeah, that makes sense. So, all right. So, now let's get into what happens when you're struggling to be present. Like, how do you get into that headspace? How do you get back to that place? Um, How do you even get to that place if you've struggled with that and you've never (laughs) been there? Um, So what are kind of some of the processes that we, Sophia and I, have done? We're going to talk about the process that we have personally done to achieve that. And then we're going to talk about some different techniques that we personally didn't mention but are great techniques if, you know, you're just starting your journey or could use some more helpful hints of how to maybe go about implementing that into your life. So I guess I'll start it off. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, being that I have struggled with it for, honestly, I can't even remember. Like, my anxiety has always been bad ever since I was a little child. So, being present um, has has been something I have definitely had to really, really work on. And I would say... Over the last year to year and a half, I feel like I have perfected it a little bit more, um, purely just out of the fact that I have wanted to work on it and I have worked on it. It has not been an easy road at all, but I feel in a much better place now and in, or in the best place that I have ever felt with it. So I'm going to kind of run you through my process and maybe it can help somebody out there. So let's say that I am either mentally in a space of thinking about something that may have happened in the past or obsessing about something in the future. I stop and think to myself, is there something I can do in this moment? Whether it be, is it something that I can fix? Is it something that I can change? Or, you know, just in general, is there anything I can do about this specific thing that I am thinking about right now? And if the answer is yes, I go ahead and do it. Um, But if it's no, which is more likely true than not, Mm I, you know... I think about what can I do to help this current moment and it kind of just the the thought of knowing that I can't really do much about it I'm then able to process other emotions of you know maybe anxiousness or sadness or I'm it's helped me to be able to get to more of the root cause of 
why I'm thinking about it and why I'm in that headspace. And once I fix the root cause of the problem, it kind of disappears. So I would say for me that has been a lifesaver um, of how to kind of just rewire my brain and having different thought paths and processes to go down has helped me to better navigate how to be able to um, help myself, really. Do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, I mean, I that's something that I absolutely use to that process. Um, I don't necessarily use it to, I mean, I guess it does help me be present, but I use that technique like when I'm really, really anxious about something. So it definitely mm-hmm. does help bring me down um, from something, but it doesn't necessarily always get me right to being present. Um, for me, I use grounding techniques. So, and the most common one that I jump to is using my senses. And this is something that my first therapist had suggested to me. And it was one of those things where it's like, you read it on a piece of paper or you read it on Google and you're like, duh, like (laughs) you should just do that all the time or, or that's dumb. Like why would that work? Um, but after using it over and over and over, I really noticed that I don't do that without noticing that I have to and like focusing on it just isn't a natural instinct, unfortunately, for someone who has bad anxiety and depression. And so that's using my five senses. So like I remember the very first time I used that technique, I was having a meltdown at a concert with a bunch of people around and I was just, I don't even remember what I was melting down about, but I went off by myself I sat there and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll try and give this technique a try. (laughs) And I'm sitting on this bench totally alone. There's no one around me. And I can remember everything about that moment because I was extremely present. I'm like, all right, how does this bench feel that I'm sitting on? And I noticed like how the wood felt under my butt. And I remember the colors in the room because it was a concert and there was lights going everywhere. And I just remember like looking at the flashing lights. And so there's looking looking at things, my sense of sight. And then sitting is my sense of touch. And then I was noticing how the sounds felt around me as my sense of hearing. Um, sense of sound. <laughs> and then... I I wasn't really tasting anything, but I was breathing and I was kind of just noticing breathing in the air and um, it really, I mean, it, it distracted me kind of from what was going on in the meltdown, but it also just brought me to that moment to the point where my body and brain still remember it. And so that's what I try and do. I started originally doing that to kind of like bring me out of a meltdown situation and ground myself from like a panic attack. And it has now morphed into this thing that I just do on a more natural basis where I'm just walking down the street and I'm like noticing the colors in the trees and 
um, noticing the way that the grass smells. And that's what my brain is focused on rather than bracing thoughts about the future or nostalgic thoughts about the past. It's very focused on the present. And so I use my five senses. God gave me them, so I'm going to use them, <laughs> you know. Um, that's And that's what I do. That's my main process for staying present. That's awesome. And I think that grounding techniques are one of the more common ways that people – um, find help or use out of being able to be present. I think mine, my example personally of kind of how I go through it is for some, but I'm like, I'm hesitant to say this, but I would personally categorize myself as somebody who being present or just even like working through high anxiety situations sorry I need to backtrack there being present is not natural to me and being in high anxious states is very natural to Mm me so you were saying how my process that I do is more so used for you when you are in high anxiety situations or Mm -hmm. you're feeling very anxious I do that to be present because of the fact that my natural, distinctive brain path is just to be anxious. Mm -hmm. And so it helps take me out of that anxiety state and put me eventually into a more present state where I'm able to work through the anxiety because if I do not work through the anxiety, I'm not able to be present. So if I work through it and then I use other techniques past that, I'm able to be present. But that's just kind of like the first step for me. And I think it could be helpful for somebody who also kind of faces anxiety as just their natural state. Or it's a very common thing within their everyday life. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Like as we've been talking about it more and I'm thinking about it, I was never in a present state either for most of my mm-hmm. life I didn't know what being present felt like at all right um I spent my whole life in in, in an anxious state as well I don't it wasn't always like high panic attacking type anxiety but it was definitely an anxious state where I, I couldn't even I, I could not tell you a time before the last two years that I felt present really right um, and it's a strange feeling, just, it almost feels like you're missing something, but it's right. a really good feeling, and I, as I've gone through this journey of becoming more present, I've noticed things that, cause like, I now know what it feels like to be present, so when I'm not feeling present, I've noticed these really big things that spark anxiety to start happening, And I target them, and I find ways to ground myself from them. Gotcha. And, like, I actually, like, now, too, that I'm thinking about it, do use that process, and it does help me stay present, the one that you were talking about, where it's, like, Mm -hmm. can I do anything about this right now? If yes, do it. If not, then put it away because Mm -hmm. there's no point in worrying, like, ruining the present moment. Can I interject really quickly? Yeah. Um. 
I I definitely have gotten to a place where I am able to put things away when I'm not able to actually do anything about it in the present moment. But I want to make a very fair point that when I first started kind of working through this system, let's mm-hmm. call it, I was not able to do that. And I think normalizing that is huge because it really took time to be able to work through the other emotions that happened before I was able to get to a place where I could easily just kind of throw it in the back seat. Mm -hmm. So, like, to anybody listening out there, like, when you start working through this process, there might be emotions that come up and you're going to have to work through them in order to get to the place on a consistent basis to get to the place where you're able to just move forward and move on with your day um, without having to, like, go through that whole process. Yeah, it's really hard. And, I mean, I still go through that process. Every mm-hmm. It's kind of, like, preventative now, I think, at this point where something comes up and I'm, like, instinctively now, can I do anything about this right now? Do I need to ruin the moment that I'm in? And the answer is no, and then I'm able to put that away. But that's really recent for me. Like, before I'd be like, I can't do anything about this, but I need to figure out, like, what I can do about it, but I can't do anything. But there's got to be something. I've got to figure it out, you know? And then I just... I know, I totally agree. And I have just naturally been that way most of my life, or at Mm -hmm. least the parts where I'm able to remember. So... I wanted to make this statement because it's so easy for us to sit here and say, you know, like, you'll just be able to move forward when in actuality, like, we've both had to work at the process of doing this. And now we're kind of in a place where our brains just naturally have that path carved out. But as we've talked about before, it took time for us to carve that path out. And you really have to work on it and, like, use Yeah, it's those something techniques. you have to stay consistent with. Yeah. And like, it's... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, just, like, one of the things that when I was first starting out that was really, really hard for me to just put away was work. And I just was so anxious about having to go to work because I'm like, I'm exhausted every week. This is, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. So I'm like, I'm just anxious about it because I know it's going to happen. Although I can't tell the future. I don't know how the week's going to go. But one thing that I would do would be to ground myself every morning. Um, Like I would literally cry myself to sleep on Sunday nights because I didn't want to start the work week on Monday. And Mm -hmm. So in order to kind of make life more livable, I started grounding myself every morning. And I would write three things every single morning when I got to work that were positive about my morning. Like, oh, I really liked the way my bed felt this morning. Like, it was really soft. Or the temperature in my room was perfect this morning when I woke up. Or I had a really good breakfast. Just three things, I would write it down every morning when I got to work, and eventually I started noticing positive things about the morning on accident. Like, I didn't have to Mm. force myself to start thinking about positive things. But I did that every single morning for months. Mm. And, like, it 
it worked, but that was that was one of the things. So like, one, take something that you're really struggling with, and even if you can't put it away, just try and do something to ground yourself, um, at least a little bit during that. I agree. Most definitely. Okay, so let's talk about some other techniques that we maybe didn't mention but could be really useful for other people. I'm going to let you do the first one since you've had more experience with it. Mm -hmm. So it it kind of is related to using your senses. It's called securing your space. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a technique that my therapist um, and I just recently went over I'm by no means an expert but I'm just going to kind of run down real quick about how it would go I walked my friend through it the other day she said it really helped her um so take a space where you feel in control you feel comfortable um for me I was in my room when I did this um you can do it like in the couch try and at least put yourself in a space where you're feeling comfortable and like in control a little bit and then you secure that space and by that I mean you're looking around you're using your senses and you're finding the things in the room that make you feel comfortable that bring you positive emotions so for me in my room I've got blue curtains the color blue makes me feel really good so just looking at the blue curtains I have this lava lamp that's really cool looking um the air conditioning, like the smell of the air conditioning and the temperature in the room made me feel really good. I had these string lights. So I was just noticing every single thing I could about my room that brought me a positive emotion. And then you tap that in. And that's kind of a, a weird thing. Like I said, I'm not an expert. I can't like say that I'm going to yeah. like. EFT, I think that's what it's called, is like a whole thing in and of itself. Yeah, I don't have training on it. I'm just telling you um, like what I went through with my therapist and what I'm now using for me when I'm in my room. So you tap that in, you take your hands or you take your feet and you just go back and forth. One hand, tap your leg, other hand, tap your leg. One hand, tap your leg, other hand, tap your leg, like right, left, right, left. And you do that for about 30 seconds and then you can re-look at all those things again and notice how you're feeling after you do that. And it really just forces you to be very, very, very present with the situation. Um, And I notice that after doing that, I feel like a freaking, I don't know, queen in my room. Like, I just feel so good in my room, so comfortable. And I felt good in my room before, but after doing that, it's just I feel like I have this safe, safe space every time I'm in my room now. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's securing your space. The very generalized non-therapy yeah. version. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I think that's a great technique to do. And I think a lot of people have a space that they generally feel pretty safe in. So I think that would be a helpful technique to use. The other one that I thought of, which might seem a little bit obscure, but I think having a daily routine is so important for staying present now the why I say it's like obscure is because so many times I feel like we can get caught up in our daily routines and it just becomes like force of habit and therefore we're not present during them but I think being able to have a routine where you are able to be present like if you're you know like every single day you cook a breakfast that you really really like 
mm-hmm. or you know if you're able to implement things into your daily routine where you're you allow yourself to be present and in, in the moment um could be very helpful and I'm going to add into this limiting social media or at least scheduling social media breaks and I know for the world that we live in right now that is really hard can be really hard almost even just obscure but social media is such a like destroyer of being present because you're looking at all these people who are Literally in a different place in a different time. Yeah, different (laughs) place, different time seemingly to be doing all these fun things and like you're over there comparing, right, you're over there comparing yourself and it just automatically takes you out of your present moment of what you are doing, where you are, you know, what you're supposed to be doing or, you know, your own emotions of your own surroundings and puts you into this reality that doesn't exist in physicality. Mm-hmm. So being able to, I'm not saying to not use social media. I mean, if you do all the power to you, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> um, so I think just like being conscious about your social media intake, um, whether it be again, as I stated, scheduling time like hey I'm gonna spend five minutes from the time I wake up till noon on social media and that's it or you know scheduling in hey on my lunch break I can use as much social media as I want but that's all I can do until 8 p.m tonight or just something along those lines so you're still able to get that fix in But at the same time, you're still being present with your own self and your own day and your own reality. Yeah. I've personally noticed that when I am present, I don't feel the need to go on social media. So I don't know if that's kind of like a, um, like, contagious behavior or not. But if I if I really am present, then I'm not bored. Like, one of the things that I Mm -hmm. always used to be was bored all the time because I was, like like somewhere else in my brain instead of in the current moment and then I would want to go on social media or talk to someone or text someone or something um but now that I'm present I don't feel that constant boredom anymore I just feel like content in the moment that I'm in so I don't feel the need to be on it so that you know once you start perfecting this being present thing you may not even Mm -hmm. feel the need to go on social media as much um and then kind of the other ones are noticing and we talk about this all the time because it's just so crucial like and that's why we're doing this episode is because I've noticed I've been feeling like excuse my French shit lately because I haven't been present I've just been like somewhere else in my brain I've been feeling awful and I noticed that and I targeted it and I was like all right like do I want to keep feeling like this no I don't so I'm gonna use my techniques I'm gonna look at my five senses and make sure that I'm feeling present think about the current moment um and then also container which is the last one that we have on this list I use that a lot once I notice I'm not being present finances is something that I really really struggle with to keep like away from me and keep me present um so a container is like if you've ever heard the phrase just like put it on a shelf or like put it in a box or something for later um 
that's what container is, but it's a little bit more in depth than that, where you, again, are you're using that tapping, um, but you're designing a container in your brain. Mine is a jar that has like a pretty little flower thing, like a glass, you know, those canning jars that have like the cool, like floral fruity designs on them. Yeah. So that's mine because I really like cooking and canning things. So um, when there's something that's giving me anxiety and not allowing me to be present, I put it in the jar, close it up like that airtight lid, and then I just put the jar in on a shelf. <laughs> and um, then I like tap that in like with the right, left, right, left on your leg um, with your hands. And that's what container is, is taking something that you can't deal with right now, that there's nothing you can do about it right now, putting it away into your container that you've made up in your mind, um, and then like allowing yourself to be free of that and be in the present moment. And I do that a lot with like finances, things like that. I'm like, I can't do anything about that right now. So we're just going to put it away. And again, I don't know if you want to say this, Lauren, but like just like we were talking about earlier, it sounds like I'm making it sound kind of easy, but it's hard. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's just say that you're trying to get your body some more vitamins, some more minerals, you know, just nourish your body a little bit more. If you don't keep up with it, if you're not eating it, you're not going to obtain those vitamins and minerals that you were wanting to obtain. But if you keep up with it, then over time, you're going to build that up in your system. And like, you know, if you had a deficiency or anything, it will become not deficient anymore. Same thing for your brain. Like, it's not just going to happen overnight. Like, I, I hope that was an okay analogy, but, um, or a comparison, not analogy, I'm sorry, like a, a good comparison, but it just, it takes time. Everything with the body takes time. Your gut takes time to heal. Your brain takes time to heal. Like you have to really stay consistent with it and keep doing it in order to, for it to change. I think your, um, gratitude one thing in the morning, how you were talking mm -hmm. about that and how you were saying that, you know, you're, um, you like unconsciously started doing, like being grateful in the mornings. That's a prime example of you creating a consistent routine and then it paying off in the end. Right. And then like to, to back up what you were just saying, um, COVID happened and then I started working mm -hmm. at home and then I didn't hate the mornings as much because I wasn't getting up as early and now I'm working back in the office again so I went a whole year without doing like thinking about positive things in the morning and now I'm back in the office 
And guess what? I am struggling through mornings again. So it sounds like I need to <laughs> do that practice work right. again. Um, yeah. And use that skill. Like it's you. It's like a language. I would like. I love your diet example, and I would personally compare it to a language. Um, like you study. Yeah, Spanish. language is a really great one too. Like you yeah. have to keep consistent with learning a new language if you want to become fluent. Get it. Be cons- <laughs> like be fluent it. in the language. Like there's no way to. I mean, I, I guess unless maybe like you have a photogenic memory or whatever it's called, but. Mm-hmm. Despite, like, I mean, even grammar, like, you have to learn it and be consistent with it in order to get it down. That's a great example. Yeah, otherwise you're going to forget it and you're going to lose it. And that's the same mm-hmm. thing with these skills. So, um, yep. hopefully you've learned some ways to be present. And, like, hopefully yeah. this has been, like, our experience can help you be more present um, going forward. And maybe if you've notice that you're not being present go back and listen to this episode again (laughs) so yeah yep well I hope that helped somebody out there and as always you can contact us whatever platform you feel most comfortable with and we would be happy to talk about this at more length but that is all we have for now Mm -hmm. have a great couple weeks see ya in two weeks (laughs) Bye. All right, bye.